Put the kettle on. It's time for some F&T. Here's your host, Kirsten Gentle. Welcome to a special edition of FTMA's F&T Time, where we discuss the impacts on timber imports as a result of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Firstly, I'd like to say that FTMA fully supports the sanctions placed on Russia by many countries, industries and businesses around the world in response to their aggressive and unnecessary invasion. On the 4th of March, the Border PEFC International clarified that all timber originating from Russia and Belarus be deemed conflict timber and therefore cannot be used in any PEFC certified products. But what does this mean for the Aussie market and future timber imports? Thanks to reports from Industry Edge, we know that in January 2022, Australia imported $25.7 million of engineered products such as CLT, GLT and I-beams, of which approximately $4.3 million came from Russia Federation. Annualised, that is greater than $50 million per annum of trade from the Russian Federation that must end and be replaced by supplies from other countries. Today, we have a number of guests to help us break down what this all means for us. Firstly, I'd like to welcome Simon Dorries of Responsible Wood, who is the national governing body of PEFC in Australia. Welcome, Simon. So, Simon, for those that don't know you, could you explain who Responsible Wood is and, and what you do? Absolutely. So, um, Responsible Wood, we're an accredited standards development organisation. We're uh, licensed by Standards Australia to write Australian standards. And we produce two standards. One is ASNZS 4708, which is Sustainable Forest Management. The other one is AS4707, which is Chain of Custody. Uh, We also operate the Responsible Wood um, certification program to demonstrate that products produced under those standards uh, are sustainable and can be brought to the market as sustainable timber. Uh, We are also um, PEFC endorsed and we represent PEFC in Australia and New Zealand. Wow, that's a a lot of work there. So Simon, with the information on the 2nd of March that they announced that they're going to um, restrict um, or or recognise conflict timber from all timber from Belarus and Russia, what does that actually mean? Okay, so look, just a couple of points of clarification. Um, I know some people are getting the idea that it's a ban on timber from Russia and Belarus. It's not actually the case. Uh, What PFC is doing is they've reclassified materials from from Russia and Belarus as conflict timber. Now, what does that mean? It means that the materials from those countries are no longer eligible for PFC certification. So whereas they were certified in the past, after the 2nd of March, um, they're no longer certified. Now, just the reason, I'll just give you a, a, a quick definition of what conflict timber is. So it's timber that has, that has been traded at some point in the chain of custody by armed groups, uh, whether they be rebel factions or regular soldiers or by a civil administration involved in armed conflict or its representatives. Um, the fact is that in both Russia and Belarus, um, all of the forests are owned by the state. Um, obviously, that's um, you know, the proceeds from timber sales then can be used to uh, prosecute a, a war in Ukraine. Uh, and PFC applying the definition in our standards has basically identified all materials from those countries as conflict timber. So what does that actually mean? So as I said before, uh, it's not banned. It just means that it's no longer 
considered certified. Uh, as far as we know, and we're still waiting for clarification from the Department of uh, Agriculture and Water Resources, um, that it, it won't be illegal uh, under the illegal logging legislation. But it, what it does mean is that if your PFC chain of custody certified, you will have to do additional due diligence to ensure that those materials are legal uh, upon entry into Australia. So is it retrospective? Uh, no. PFC has produced some guidance uh, and it's based upon a, a United Nations resolution and I'll even give you the number. It's uh, UN Resolution AES 11 slash L Part 1 from the 2nd of March. So anything after the 2nd of March is considered conflict timber. Anything before that date is unaffected. So again, if you've purchased Russian or Belarusian wood in good faith and it's on the water, if it was purchased prior to that date, it is still PFC certified. It can be sold and delivered to supply chains with a, a valid PFC certificate and valid PFC certification. After that date, the certification is no longer recognised. We recognise that the timber issue is important, but lives and the lives of those poor Ukrainians, it, it is very heartbreaking and um, and we support what PFC has done. Look, absolutely. And, um, you know, when you read some of the internal correspondence from PFC in Ukraine, it was it was absolutely heart-rending. You know, and, uh, you know, PFC has taken a, a very strong moral stand on this and I think that's, that's entirely appropriate. But obviously um, we are in a situation where globally there's a shortage of wood. Um, Russia's supplying about 30% of global wood fibre, so it's going to create a whole range of challenges. Yeah, well, Simon, thank you very much for coming and explaining this, um, I suppose, very confusing situation and um, stressful situation to the F&T listeners. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kirsten. Our next guest on F&T Time for this special edition is Leon Quinn, the Marketing Manager for Tilling Timber. Welcome, Leon. So, Leon, at first, it's been a tough few years for the um, importers with the markets. How, how are you and your team going? Uh, yeah, we've uh, we've certainly been battling through quite a lot of uh, headwinds for supply. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the, the directors of the business, like uh, Norman Judy Tilling, have been through many, many cycles. Uh, whilst there are special circumstances for this, they just see it as another cycle. And Norm actually just describes it as there's just more demand in the world for LVL for example, then there is supply. Um, there aren't enough mills to produce enough of it. So what we're experiencing is just increased competition uh, right across the world. Yeah, it definitely is. So we heard from Simon earlier talking about the PEFC decision and what it means for Australia. But when do you think it will hit the markets? I mean, it's for timber bought after the 2nd of March. So is it going to hit our markets in weeks, months? What, what's your thoughts around that, Leon? So the, the effect of the PEFC declaring Russian wood products as, as conflict timber, for an importer like us, it will take three to four months for product that was shipped in early March to reach us. So probably July, we wouldn't be able to call any of the timber that was landing from July onwards. We wouldn't be able to call it PEFC certified, even if it came from originally a PEFC certified source. So because they've withdrawn that. Um, what that means, like for, for us in particular, we work on a volume credit system. A volume credit system means that over any period of time, the PEFC expects us to buy in more volume of certified timber than we sell out the other end. 
In terms of the PEFC certified timber demand in Australia, that's generally demanded for specific government projects or for green star building projects, which are normally very large commercial ones. It's really only a small minority. So for FTMA members uh, out there, unless unless there are very specific environmental requirements for projects, I don't really expect it will affect you all that much. But because of the volume credit system we have, if the last of our timber is landing, uh, of certified timber is landing in July, we would still have enough credits to get us through to the end of the year. Now, that's us. That It might apply slightly different to others. But, um, yeah, it's certainly not anything you'd have to rush about. Um, and even if a FTMA member was unable to um, provide certified timber, it would just mean that the builder may have to accumulate uh, those certification points or environmental points elsewhere, and they may be able to get that on other products other than the timber package. So, again, I think that the PFC announcement for FTMA members, I, I don't think there is a significant heavy impact, and it's certainly not immediate. And what about the international shipping that they're saying there's going to be 50% more shipping containers because they're not going to actually have the shipping containers go to Russia? Will that impact getting timber out as well? Well, certainly where it's a very fluid environment right now, but the Russia-Ukraine conflict has has got a response from countries and corporations all over the world. And rightly so, yeah. So um, we've had some freight, uh, major global freight businesses, say they refuse to move Russian products of any kind. Uh, Others don't. Without being tilling specific, um, but just industry, like just broadly speaking of industry and global freight, um, none of this is going to help global freight. So an already congested post-COVID freight system really didn't need the the Russia-Ukraine conflict because this is going to congest European ports and, and ports further afield as well. So my prediction would be more congestion, more slowness of uh, just movement of stock of any kind all over the world and increased container costs as well. So throwing uh, flows out of balance so lack of equilibrium, and as soon as there's scarcity, then the traders all run to price. So we've seen that on timber fibre for obvious reasons, but we'll see it in freight as well. So we're, we've already been told that even freight companies bringing products in for us from other countries, um, they're already flagging increases to us. So more, more product prices. Yeah, and as you said, Norman Judy, they've gone through many cycles as being one of our, you know, long-term Australian businesses that have been doing the imports. So they're committed to Australia. They always have been. But is Australia low on that pecking order of, because we're in the global market, are we are we going to actually have more competition now for those countries um, more affected by Russia? Because we only receive 2.9% of our total wooden products from that area. So other countries that are going to be hit harder by these um, sanctions, will they then try and take our timber allocation? Uh, I was told the other day that um, in terms of domestic consumption if you look at the eu the domestic consumption of um of timber is about 18 percent russian so for those countries to switch russia off they have to find that 18 percent elsewhere or within themselves so it might be timber that they previously were exporting to other countries so if you were to look at germany or austria they might have been pushing timber to australia but it's all part of global competition so if they were bringing any Russian timber into their own uh, into their own markets, 
and that's no longer there, that's more pressure on them to maybe not export. It doesn't mean, it's not saying they won't, but there's just more competition for the same amount of timber. Yeah, and finally, Leon, if this war, you know, we can only hope that it, it, it finishes sooner rather than later, but if it does go on for a longer time, is there other options to source more timber for Australia? Well, look, certainly from um, an engineered wood products perspective, there are multiple countries producing engineered wood products. We have the ability to dial up some of the other country sources that we do have. Yeah, again, we it's no secret that quite a bit of our LVL has come from Russia. And yeah, and we absolutely abhor the conflict that's occurring over there. Don't agree with it in any way. But but yeah, if not, there are new mills being built. Uh, there are new mills ramping up and, and existing mills ramping up predominantly in Asia. And we are moving towards that because our, our commitment is to try to keep volume coming. This last probably 12 to 14 days, you know, for us has been very challenging mentally because we really are trying to understand, you know, do we try to be optimistic and expect some sort of best case scenario or should we be utterly pessimistic and expect a worst case? We're not sort of 100% either way. We, uh, we're definitely working on, on a variety of things. Our commitment is, is to just do the best we can to keep volume flowing. We do have more than one string to our bow, but when you're in a world where Russia provides 30% of all of the timber products in the world, and just for the record, about 35 to 40% of all Australian engineered wood products, there's a bit of backfilling to do. Yeah. Thank you very much. As Ted Tilling has been there through many, many of these um, cycles and we know like all our other importers that you're doing everything that you can. So um, good luck to you and your salespeople and um, keep up the great work. Oh, thanks very much. Thanks for your time and, and all the best to the FTA members. We know that procurement is the hardest part. It's the hardest part for us uh, and it's the hardest part for members at the moment. We promise just to keep the communication open as, as, as much as we can and report on what we know. A lot of the last two weeks, we really haven't known what the next step is, but um, it's a very serious situation and, yeah, it does put our, um, our desire to have our house built uh, into a bit of perspective. <laughs> It surely does. Thank you very much, Leon. We truly appreciate it. Thanks, Kirsten. Our next guest in this special edition of F&T Time is Kurt Schrammel, the Managing Director of Vida Australia. Welcome, Kurt. Thank you very much and thank you for having me. No worries. It's been a, a, a tough few days for you coming back to Australia and us struggling to get through this technology, but we're, we're, we've got it down now. We finally made it. Yes, we finally made it. And it's great being back in Australia again after almost two years. Yes, it must have been a, a tough two years, and especially for your sales team, Jacinta, Ian, and, and your team have been doing a great job. How has everyone coped throughout the um, pandemic? Because it's been tough on importers. Yes, it has been, certainly. I mean, modern technology certainly helped a lot. Obviously, we have had almost daily hour video phone conference call, but, I mean, a personal meeting, seeing people in person is always different. So it I'm is. very glad totally. to be back now in Australia. Oh, it's good to have you back, Kurt. So, Kurt, you've come back and it's been it's a tough time when, and we heard earlier in the podcast from Simon that the PEFC decision and what it means for Australia, overnight we've had FSC come out um, with a similar sort of ban on, on Russian and Belarus products. 
But when will it hit the Aussie market? Is it, Are we looking at weeks, months? When do you think it will hit the Aussie market, this impact? Yeah, all right. Well, uh, the thing is we have PFC, we have FSC, which are both obviously very important things to have to export products, especially in the light of the Aust- Australian Illegal Logging Act, which uh, in a way is also deeply embedded with these two forest uh, certification schemes. But it's just one thing, one link of many that makes it more or less impossible now to import wood from Russia. You have the PFC and FSC decision to more or less lock out Russian and Belarusian products, but you have on the other hand also uh, logistic and container problems. You probably have heard that uh, the biggest container carrier, Mask, uh, has made the decision to no longer serve Russia and it very much looks like that uh, the other container carriers will soon follow. Uh, So uh, that is another important thing. And then uh, uh, the last one uh, is how do I pay my Russian suppliers if most of them are actually locked out now uh, due to this uh, swift ban? Uh, around Australia. I mean, there are still some small, tiny loopholes uh, where you can get some money into into Russia, but those are also rapidly closing and uh, very much depending on the country uh, uh, that deals now with, with, with Russia. So basically, if you add up all those three elements, uh, it makes it impossible to deal with Russia. How will that impact Australia? Well, one thing you need to know that Russia is also, Russia, Belarus and Ukraine, you have to actually put all three countries together now. Uh, These three countries together exported uh, 8.1 million cubic meter last year of timber to the European Union. These 8.1 million cubic meters stand for roughly around 8% of the total consumption in the European Union. So uh, it's pretty obvious that that will have an impact on the global fiber supply. Not only Australia, it's a global thing. Uh, And like Australia, Australia timber or wood products are commodity products like any other products driven by different dynamics, by costs, demand and supply. And uh, at the end of the day, there is a world market price for timber. And this world market price now is basically the benchmark anyone in the world will have to pay in order actually to secure his supply. So, Kurt, so is it roughly 30% of all the fibre in the world comes from Russia? Is that correct? Uh, I think the the last, yeah, the uh, the number I saw is 25%, so roughly around a quarter fibre currently used worldwide, basically coming from Russia. I mean, Russia's biggest customers are the Chinese, so China imports an awful lot from Russia. But uh, like I said, Russia, Ukraine and Belarus combined also moved 8 million cubic meter of timber into the EU. But that's just timber products. There are also other products such as furniture. You probably also read that big furniture manufacturers like IKEA, they have had also sizable productions in Russia, also close the doors now. So uh, I heard estimates now, you know, there's still a lot of lot of data are still flowing around. I heard estimates anywhere between eight to 10 million cubic meters of fiber that will be missing in the EU alone. That's, that's uh, massive. And, and what about on that pecking order is, you know, Australians, we like to think that we're right up the top there. Are we up the top or do you think we will possibly lose resource because we aren't as important as some of the other countries in these markets? 
No, I wouldn't say that at all. And That's especially when it comes to us as, as VIDA, but I know there's also, there are also other European importers, exporters here, here active. I mean, we have made a clear strategic decision to stay here in Australia. So we will serve the Australian market. We have actually made, made the decision that Australia is a market where a company like ours can actually do good things. So, uh, we will be here, but what it'll mean is that the total cost basis will just move up. It is unavoidable, actually, that from where we are today to where we are probably in three, four months, there will be a gap. How big this gap will be, how much the prices will go up, it's a bit difficult to say at this stage. I think over the next three to four weeks, we know more and we can actually then also warn our customers what it means and what it possibly uh, uh, means for Australia in particular. Uh, said that, when it comes to us as a company, uh, we have pretty much secured the supply for our regular customers, the customers we have served over the years now until June. This is what we know. So our pipe and going back to your initial question, when will it hit Australia? Yeah. Uh, Australia, the pipe for Australia, or let's say the whole lead time from order to delivery for Australia nowadays is right around four to five months. So our regulars and our, our, our big accounts basically have already placed their orders and they can actually rely on that their material will come. And that is a period from now and roughly around June. So from now until June, our supply chain is pretty much filled with the orders of our customers. Uh, but June onwards, that is a big question mark at this stage. And uh, it will be also my work now over the next weeks and Yacinta's and Ian's uh, uh, to communicate this to the customer, just raise the awareness of what comes and what possibly could come and what it means to them. Said that, we know it will be more difficult, but we ourselves will still need another two or three weeks to really make sense of all the information and all the things currently coming to us. We've been very lucky in Australia. I think that we've got some really good, strong importers there. Absolutely. But if this war goes on for longer, which you know we truly hope it doesn't, it's it's, it's heartbreaking seeing the images um, on the media, and I could only imagine what these people are going through. But if it does go on for longer and more countries are brought in, will be able, will you be able to source timber from other areas? If I look at the current specification, Australia is asking for. My opinion is, unfortunately not. I mean, there is the Northern Hemisphere that can meet the Australian MGB standards. I can't really think of any other area in the world that could possibly actually fill in quickly and deliver MGB-10s and MGB-12s as, as the Australian market is asking for. So that that will be a challenge. Yeah, and the biggest impact is obviously around that engineered wood, which is, you know, everyone's screaming out for. We've been very fortunate. And one of our fabricators even created what he calls fg rafters so to replace the LVL and, and I can let listeners figure out what FG stands for in a good old Aussie way. So we are looking for, it's the engineering products mainly, that is that the main product that's going to be affected from these areas for us? Uh, well, I mean, I understood, and we are not so much into engineered wood products as Vida can for, but I understood that uh, Australia had quite an exposure when it comes to LVL from Russia. So that will be a difficult one. Said that, we have already started to work with some of our customers of timber substitute materials, like, you know, lintels out of MGP-12s, for instance, yeah. in different sizes. We can do that. So we can help and support our customers. The discussions have already started with some of our customers 
customers, presenting them solutions. And I know some of our big accounts are already working on, on the proposals we've made. There are possibilities and, and substitute solid timber material that can, to a certain extent, substitute uh, or replace the lost volumes in LVL. Uh, will they be able to replace all Time will show. Yeah. Time will show. Maybe one thing I also wanted to add here. We as Vida Canfor, we are a Swedish, Canadian, American company. So all our shipments or the vast majority of the products we have on stock and we sell comes from our own production. And that is Sweden, the United States and Canada. So we, our production, luckily, is not actually uh, uh, so much impacted by it. So when customers continue to order now uh, from us or from companies that are not that much exposed to the Russian fiber, uh, um, they will be certainly be better off. Yeah, and, and the, your members of the Australian Timber Importers Federation and as ATIF, they're doing a lot of work behind the scenes to, yes. to look at how to improve the resource and imports coming into Australia. Yes, yes. But I mean, we know it will have a big impact on any market, not only Australia. It's uh, uh, currently a shock that hit the system that will take a while and to process it, understand it and actually also know and, and try to understand uh, uh, what it means to the whole supply chain. It's not like the timber all of a sudden. And that's also an important message. Timber is still the best building material out there. Sure. Uh, and it's not like timber would disappear. There's still timber in the world and there's still timber available to conduct and build a lot of great, great buildings out of timber. Uh, it's just now sometime the system needs to digest what has happened. And once we have digested it, which will take, like I said, two to three weeks, we will go out and tell our customers, listen, guys, this is what it means. This is what we can do. And uh, believe me, we are working very actively on finding solutions now for, for our Australian customers. It's fantastic. And across the supply chain, I think the key here here is communication. We encourage Absolutely. builders to speak to their fabricators. We encourage fabricators to continue to speak to their timber suppliers. And if we all work together and show that patience and understanding across the supply chain, I have no doubt we'll get through this. But most importantly, you know, our hearts go out to, you know, all the people of Ukraine and the people in Russia who do not want to be part of this. And, and that's the main priority the world needs to focus on. Timber yeah. is just the secondary. But we, we thank you for coming along and joining us. We thank you for your time. And we we, we look forward to working through this as an industry together. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very Kurt. much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of F&T Time discussing the impact the Russian invasion has on timber imports. The past few years have been tough and unfortunately we still have some tough times ahead but we will get through this together as we are fortunate in Australia to have quality timber importers committed to us such as Vida, Tilling, Stora Enzo, Meyer, Dindus, Pinewood Products and VTW. You can be assured every importer and every local sawmill is doing everything they can to increase timber supply for our industry. Our thoughts are with Ukraine and its people, including those people in Belarus and Russia who simply do not want this war. We truly hope peace returns soon. Don't forget to press subscribe or follow so you can continue to keep updated with the latest industry news via F&T Time. Until next time, goodbye.